We're going to get our hands dirty today. We're going to talk about dirt. This is the Unscripted Podcast. Well, Bob, you ready to talk about dirt today? Go get dirty. All right. So if you are a person that has ever spilt the communion, then we want you to hit the like and subscribe button for us today. Go ahead and hit it. Yeah, and that generally goes for our uh, for YouTube people. And uh, so go ahead and hit that uh, like and subscribe button and hit that bell notification. That way you get notified every time that we post a video. So it's going to get dirty up in here today. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We're going to get dirty today. Down to the nitty gritty. We're still talking about parables, and today we're going to tackle the parable of the souls. You know, the you know we, talk, we started talking about parables last week and what kind of the that we use the parable of the talents is the one we talked about last week in Matthew 25. And that's the one I picked. So which you, you want to talk about a dirty one today. Which one do you talk about? Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about the parable of the souls. So, uh, it's well, there's a lot of parables of the souls, right? There's a lot of them that deal with dirt, right? Like the man and he'll, you know, found a treasure hidden in the field. Oh yeah. Yeah. He got yeah. his hands dirty there. There's a lot of them that deal with dirt. Which one are we going to talk yeah, about? That's right. What, but, but the one that, that I want to talk about deals with, uh, Sowing the Word of God. So the parable of the sower, you could call it that. Um, so we're going to be in Matthew 13, and I don't know. What do you want to do? Do you want to read the whole thing, or do you want to uh, allow people to pause it and uh, pause the video, and then and then let's just hit the highlights? Bob, we haven't got good at this yet. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, like, what do you do? That didn't matter. I mean, it, it, we're just lucky the cameras are still standing up, okay? That's right. That's right. That's right. All right, so we'll just um, we'll just go ahead and read it then, I guess. Got so should we set the backdrop for this? Go ahead. I mean, I'm just saying, like, yeah. should should we talk about what's going on here? Absolutely. Context, context, context. Right. <laughs> right. Right. The, you know, Jesus is is kind of an exploding part of his ministry now. The dynamite part, right? Yeah. I mean, the the he's at the point to where, you know, he's starting to get you know after the Sermon on the Mount. You know, it's kind of when it 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 kind of takes rock star status. Mm-hmm. You know, in Matthew ten is when he sends out the people. You know, the the disciples. The, you know, in, in groups of two to do all this. You know, he's really stoking the fire with a lot of this stuff. Is what he, what you're seeing that he's doing. And so, you know, by the time he's Matthew thirteen, he's getting to where there's a. I mean, there's just so many people that are following him now. I mean, the 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 it's to the point that this is a way. That he can separate kind of the wheat from the chaff. And maybe we'll talk about that parable sometime. But the parables, what these have done for him is it has allowed him, because there's just all these people following him. There's all these people after him to see, like, what's this old boy talking about now? So the parables, what he has done with the parables, it was prophesied, right? That was one of the prophecies. Mm-hmm. But the parables now, you know, when we looked at it in Matthew 25, he's at the end. Right. You know, he, he's really at the end, and it's really a way that that he can give them something really important that they needed to hold on to. But at this point in his ministry, he's trying to change and shape the hearts of men with it. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, he, he talked to uh, when when Jesus had fed the 5,000, and, um, you know, the next day he's on the other side of the lake, the sea, whatever you want to call it. 
And so all these people come looking for him, and he's like, "You don't come looking for me because I'm gonna because Give me I something to eat. yeah, but you didn't come before the signs because the fact that that I'm truly in from the Father. You come looking for food, right? And so a lot of people are following him for the wrong reasons at this point, and they just want they just want to be healed, or they want something to eat, or they want to hand out whatever it is that you might call it. And so Jesus is saying, "Hey, this really it's about discipleship. Mm-hmm. It's about following me." And this is this is the kind of heart that you need to have if you truly are going to follow me. And, and so that's why he can use these parables. He can take these parables, and he can use them in a way that it it's self weeding, right? Mm-hmm. It's a in fishing, it's a Carolina rig, you know. So you can put it on, a, you can bait your hook a certain way that that it won't get caught in the weeds. Mm. And that's what he's doing. That's pretty cool. Is he's is he's using this as a way that he can speak to everybody, talk to everybody. And and the ones that really want to pick up what he's putting down, they're going to do it. Yeah. And so that's what we're here with. But these are these two, you know, in Matthew thirteen, they're the only two. You know, the rest of them we just kind of have to figure it out. You know, like like in Matthew, oh yeah, the ones where he actually explains it to us. Yeah, yeah, these are yeah. only two that he actually kind of gives a commentary on, mm-hmm. and not not commentary, but I reckon you'd call it that. I reckon yeah, he gives a, he gives a full explanation for it. So. Yeah, I, I mean the rest of them, like like I remember the one in Matthew twenty five that precedes the one of the talents with the 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 five and the five foolish and five wise. Mm-hmm. I just when I was a very young Christian, I just couldn't for the life of me figure that one sure. out. I just yeah. like, why won't they just share? Yeah, and it's really neat. And the reason why I want to do the parable of the souls is because it just right after this you have all all these parables that that come after it. I mean, Jesus started in Matthew thirteen with it, and so the mustard seed after it, the hidden treasure, the you know the parable of the pearls. So all these things come right after, it and it, it just flows together. So. Yeah, and, and he's this is this is the point that he can start weeding out, right? That's right. He's he's pulling weeds with 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 his parables. So you know, Jesus, you want me? You want me to read? It? You gonna read it? I don't care. You can read part, and I will read part. Just when you get tired, I'll I'll pick up on the <laughs> on the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. You know, there, there's an interesting thing to this sitting. I'll pick it up from here. And, no, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, yeah, all right, so there's a, go ahead. You know, we think about, like, um, man, you really have got to watch our class from last night. Don and Tim did an awesome job. All right. Well, we come to class, right? We come to to our uh, normal assembly or whatever mm-hmm. like that. We all sit down, and they stand up. Right. Well, that's not the way this would have went down. It's like that's why you read Matthew five and seeing the multitudes yeah, he when he's up on the mountain, he sat down, opened his mouth, taught them saying, you know, like it's the opposite. You yeah. know, you stand and and the teacher sits. Well, people would really get tired of our sermons then. <laughs> you know, I think I do a good job. What yeah. are you talking about? Well, they think that they it's like, hey, we're allowing y'all to get comfortable. Right, exactly. Right. No, 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 no. We're gonna need you to stand for now. We're gonna sit here. <laughs> So Jesus, you know, this is a teaching moment. Yeah, this is right. how you can tell it's a teaching moment. He's going to sit down. He ain't sightseeing, right? Yeah. He ain't watching the, I reckon, fish jump in the Sea of Galilee. Yeah, it says and, that he sat twice. He right. sat by the sea, and then there's so many people there that he sat in the boat. Right. And so a great multitude were gathered together to him so that he got into a boat and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. So there you go. There's yeah, that picture. It's pretty neat. Good point. Then he spoke many things to them. Gary Bennett taught me that. Mm. He taught me that about the the culture. Then he spoke many things to them in the parable, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. 
And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside. The birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they didn't have much earth. And they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root. They withered away. Some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground, yielded a crop. Some, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit, I mean, let him hear. The revelation bleed over right there, wasn't it? Right. You, you ever notice people do that? Like when we, when they read, they assume they know what it says. <laughs> and, and what? Well, but I mean, no, it, it's pretty typical. Like, yes, absolutely. You know, people I, I, get so inoculated with the scriptures that they they just think that it says the same thing. I do it too. Well, you know what? Here's something that I usually illustrate. You know, like I use the. This is a perfect way to show this parable, right? You sat with me. You know, I use the OBS most of the time when I'm teaching people. Mm-hmm. And the there's a point in the OBS, and I can't remember how it's word but uh and it's uh, and it's really talking about authority who are you going to trust right who are you going to listen to who are you going to who's going to be the one that's going to tell you what you need to do and it'll list of it'll list a um a lot of historical religious figures right should you go to the words of john calvin should you go to the words of joseph smith could you go to the words of the wesley brothers or or and it'll go through to john and it's just the names right mm-hmm. like john calvin wesley brothers the pope martin luther and you know what's funny is that I know that they didn't do this on purpose, but they break the Martin Luther at the end of the little question part, right? So Martin Luther is the last one. Then you have to go to the next line to read the next name, mm-hmm. right? Most people. They think it's Martin Luther King Jr. They'll, they'll say it. They yeah. will literally say it. And I'll let them read it, and I'll say, Nigga, read that again. And, right. and, and what they're doing is they're reading with an expectation. Mm-hmm. Because it's who they hear about. Because most people don't hear about Martin Luther. Today. That's exactly right. right. But what we do, this is this is the perfect way that Jesus, Jesus illustrates in this parable. You know, we're talking about planting the word of God in people. Yeah, that's what we're talking about here. Is this seed? We're putting this seed in people. And what's the you? Everybody thinks they're the good ground, don't they? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, does anybody look at that and say, "No, I'm concrete, fool." Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No way. No, it's just the cares of the world really come up and choked out my Christianity, my faith. Yeah, that, yeah, nobody does that. Nobody does, for sure. But what what are some things that stand out to you about this parable then? Well, I mean, of course, having having looked at it my whole life, but also I mean, there there's there's loads of things. I certainly think about I, I think about just like I guess the the, the start of it is just Verse four that some fell among the wayside and the birds they came and they devoured it and and I see this uh, I, I guess probably we've all seen these um, these situations but Jesus compares this to to Satan coming and snatching the word away from you that you know someone they they, they truly they want to believe it and and he explains in verse nineteen when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. Then the wicked one comes and snatches away what he's sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. And, you know, certainly uh, overseeding my yard and things, I, I put up ryegrass at my, my last house right before we sold it. and uh, Make it look green. Make it look green, Painted baby. my grass green. Yeah, so, we, you know, it was early, early spring, and so, the you know, the grass here in South Mississippi is dormant at that point, and so it's it just doesn't look good. Right. So throw out some, some ryegrass. Well, ryegrass literally comes up on concrete right it it not like i made sure that 
because it it did it last year too. Because I overseed it with it last year too. But literally, I made sure there was not any dirt in the cracks. Like I blew it all out. Because I said, <laughs> I with the leaf want, blower. Yeah, I just want to see. Right. And so, literally, the grass came up on the concrete and just loads of it. Mm-hmm. And and it's amazing, but it won't last. No, it won't last. And you know, the the Lord, how many people have you thought about that? You know, I think we sometimes tend to think that this is from preaching or something like that. You know, like that's what he's talking about here. That some people are going to be taught, and it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to never take root. But what he's talking about is what God wants them to do. You know, what, 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 you know, the world is constantly trying to snatch away what we're trying to put into people. So the world is constantly inundating our kids with this um, critical race theory or the homosexual agenda mm-hmm. or evolution right. or all these things. That's the way that it's being snatched away is, is that it, these things, this seed never took heart. I mean, never took root, right? Just like right. your uh, ryegrass, you know, we went over and, and uh, helped some of our members one day this week and, and, you know, we helped them, you know, we edged, I took the edger and edged her driveway and everything like that. And one of the brothers said, you know, I didn't realize my driveway was that big. And what it was, was that the grass had grew over it in some places this long. Well, once I cut it off, all it took was a shovel and it was gone because mm-hmm. it wasn't attached to anything. Right. It, it, it was, its roots were, you know, way over here. So once I cut it off, it was gone. And so it's real easy to peel up then. And that's what you're seeing here is that this is something that never took root. It never grabbed a hold of. And so it's not, these are the people that sit in the pews for, it may be they sit in the pews for 20 years, 30 years, 50 years or whatever, but it's never taken a hold. There's nothing, there's nothing there to ever pull it out. Yeah. There's no, there's no roots. And so it's not going to, they don't, it's not held into anything. And, and that's the, that's the whole – it's really – it's scary because Satan, he'll just come in and snatch it away. That's right. And uh, and it doesn't have time to mature. And, I, and I, I certainly see this like when you have someone who comes in to, to like our, you know, our, our group of our visitors or, or our benevolence. You know, when we teach someone the gospel through our benevolence program. And, and it's just Satan, he's always working, always working. And Jesus just uh, – you know, he, and he's real good at it. He's real good at it, and he can make us feel good. You know, it's like you catch a, a fit, you catch a bass, right? You got a big old, you know, eighteen, twenty-four inch bass, three, four, five pounds, and you pull him out of the water, and all you can see is the end of the line disappear in his belly, and you think, "Oh, gone it!" I was going to throw him back, but if I throw him back, he's going to take my lure with him. Well, I got two options. I can either feel good about myself and lose my $10 lure and cut the string off, and he's still going to die because that lure is all the way down inside of him. Right. It just, it just, he's not going to make it. Or I can feel, I can get my $10 lure back and you die now. So you had to kind of make a decision. It's like, do I just wrap my hand around and pull that thing out? Right. Well, that's what we're talking about here. It never got in. Mm-hmm. You know, it never, it never got a way to hold on, to grab a hold of. And so it just, it's just like when the ones you catch, and you get him to the bank, and he just flops off because you never really had a hold of it before. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I and I, I think that probably, you know, the stony places are real. They're real close to this, and probably the stony ground is, you know, it's whenever they don't have they don't have a deep root system, mm-hmm. and so there's no way that that whenever there's some kind of trouble, Jesus says, like they're gone. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. when there's when there's a struggle. And so uh, I'm gonna read verse five again, and then compare it to what Jesus said. So some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. And comparing that over to to verse uh, verse twenty and twenty one. He says, but he who received the seed on the stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. And Chris, I mean, I just can't help but think, you know, you gonna say seen, something bad about me? No, no, Chris. I can't help it. I just need to tell you this now. It's been on my chest. No, I mean, but you've seen these. You've seen these people, and oh, it's tragic. Man. It's you know? a tragedy, man. And I, I think about this one. Like I had a guy, you know, and I reckon it's just a detachment. You know, you forget how you do things. You know, when I was a boy, we used to raise a garden, and you know, when I was Liam and Coleman, and you know, eight, ten, twelve years old, or whatever it was, it was just like, okay, you tell me what to do, and I'm gonna do it. And I never really put any time into learning why I did the things I did. And so years later, you know, I just, I'm dying to spend $35, $40 to raise $9 worth of tomatoes, you right. know. Right. <laughs> so so uh, uh, I'm getting back out there and I'm trying to learn how to do these things again. And so I'm replanting my tomatoes, right? And one of the lessons that I learned is, is that I used to think that you, you pull your little tomato out of your little seed your little pack and put it in the ground yay far or whatever however far the roots are no 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 no. that one of the best lessons i ever learned was peel all the leaves off of it leave three or four at the top and put that thing in the ground a foot deep if you got one a foot tall you stick it down in there because all them little hairs that you see on a tomato are just roots and ain't took a hold yet yeah they just need somewhere to grab a hold to the best tomatoes we ever produced were were the ones that were deep in the ground they could grab a hold to something and you can't do that in rocks. You know, when I, in Virginia, I don't know how it is in Tennessee where you're at, but I used to have boys that would call me and want me to bring them a load of sand. Hmm. I'd go by the quarry and get they'd mine it out the river. Albatross sand is what we called it, like masonry sand. Yeah. Go get masonry sand so they could just mix it in the garden because the ground, that clay, it just you yeah. chew it up, it just makes bigger blocks yeah. is all it does. It doesn't really come apart. Yeah, there's time we would do that or we would get peat moss and put in the garden or, you know, and certainly, of course, chicken manure, you know. Yeah, chicken litter and stuff like that. Yeah, thanks just to help keep that, keep that clay from just... Yeah, it just turns so back into Play-Doh. Yeah. You know, it's not really that it's hard per se. It just can't get through it. Right, it's you know, thick. It just packs back together. Well, that's what we're talking about here. You have no root system. You know, never and, and you know what? That little old seed, you watch it. You can take a you can take about any seed you want to and put it in a towel and get it wet and it'll start growing. But it's gonna die. Yeah. Because it ain't got nothing to hold on to. Nothing to hold on to. This first soil, it never even took it never even had a root. This yeah, second that's one, right. Yeah, the second one, it, I mean, it, it comes up immediately it springs up and it's got joy. And you can certainly see that in a lot of people. It's like, you know, oh, I've got joy and oh, I love the Lord. Mm-hmm. But Jesus didn't call us to follow us on the great days, mm-hmm. the great days only. He calls yeah. us to follow him through, through trial and through 75 struggles. and sunny, right? That little old tomato, you can watch them tomato plants just about wiggle out there when it's <laughs> nice and pretty and sunny. Yeah. But it's the tough me, days. Me too. That's right. It, it's, it's those tough ones. And so certainly. When you, you know, when your tomatoes are small, when those plants are small, and you first get them in the ground, it's like, you know, you know that first big huge rain's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to take those, um, 
those baskets, those wooden baskets, and you put like sweet potatoes and things in. Mm-hmm. And we turn them over, put them over top of them, right? Just to help keep the the rain from beating them down so bad. That's right. And um, and so there, there's you certainly when when you have when you have a plant and it's tender to start with. Yeah, and, you, and, you want to take, help take care of it. Yes, I know farmers that would literally start corn. Get this: start corn and take a fan and blow across it, and make it blow. So, uh, so it so would to strengthen it up. So it strengthened it up. Yeah, yeah. there was a test uh, that was done for some space uh, thing or whatever. It was out west, but they built this huge greenhouse and put these trees because they were wanting to put life on Mars, right? And just test to see, you know, if they could mature the grow or whatever. Well, these trees grew up, and like within a few years, they just toppled over. And the reason is, is they had there, there was no wind right. in, in their life, and so, so the the wind uh, certainly it it brings about trouble, but, but it, it makes you stronger. It makes you stronger. And see, that's what happens here: is this stony ground? You, there's nothing there. You know, it has nothing that it can hold on to. Right? It's it's real happy. Everybody likes to see. You know, we all like to see the first little pop of them coming out especially like you're growing something that you know you love to eat you know like we learned a hard way relearned the hard way that we used to have to plant our spinach in sections because if not i remember the first year we oh, ate spinach for four weeks straight <laughs> every night there's a point where your colon says look dummy i can't do no more with this i'm tapped out here and so we learned we had to stagger it along and you see some of them things come up and you're like all right i'm so excited that's what he's talking about here that first little one that pokes his head up and is just excited about being all part of this brand new world that seed died so this other thing could live and guess what happens the stony ground that's right you're gonna you know the the sad thing is 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 we're gonna see a lot of verse 21s in people especially with with the way that that the world's going that that when tribulation or persecution arises and he says because of the word mm-hmm. immediately he stumbles and there's going to be things that are going to come up in our life and um and, you know those, those big troubles but it's it's hard to to do things sometimes it seems like it's hard to do things the lord's way but he's our creator he knows what's best he knows what's best for the family he knows what's best for our marriage he knows what's best for your children and and certainly he knows what's best for, for our lives. He, he made us. Right. But sometimes it's not what I perceive it to, to be. And, and Well, I uh, think I'm real good at adding and subtracting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think I'm real good at seeing these equations. You know, you see these math guys, you know, they got the big chalkboard with all that writing on it. Yeah, and only a few of us can do those things. But Yeah, well, I can write numbers all over the board, and at the end I'm just adding two and three, right. you know, right. look real smart. But, you know, I think I'm real good at that. But the Lord's like, listen, you just – I'm the one that put two and three on the board. Just just do the math and move on. That's right. So number three, the third one. Yeah, go ahead with it. Verse seven. Oh, I got to read it again. I didn't read it one time. Fine. If you got tired. You got you read two verses and I'm tired. <laughs> uh, and some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. So you want to read the parallel verse of that yeah, in 23? 20, yeah, so 22, Jesus said, Now he who received seed among the thorns... It's he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. And I love the point that you made a minute ago that it's Does it not, make me sound smart. Yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure. That it's it's not just about it's not just about, you know, me me hearing something, but it's about it's about me being productive. Right. It's about me being fruitful. 
and and certainly this is a this is a big one that's testing the church today and has been testing the church for years for for a few decades and that's the fact of the cares of the world mm. and it's not it's not that you know we we struggle and we wonder well well why why are our pews not full or or why is this and and why are these people not here well there's there's a lot of ways that Satan will deceive us and make us think that, that we're doing the right thing, but I can get I've literally seen people who 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 built a house that's, you know, gigantor. And and all of a sudden, you know, something happens in their career, their job or whatever, and now they're having to work two and three jobs to keep to make ends meet, to make that house payment, to keep that truck in the driveway. House poor. House poor. You ever heard that term? And and that's and it's a re, it's a reality thing that that once my one income covered it, but now it's going to take two or three incomes to cover my lifestyle, and now positions and places for the Lord is cut out, time for my children is cut out, and so so guys are literally and they won't sell it. There's too much pride, right? Too much pride to get rid of it. Living so, a trailer, so they'll work two or three jobs and not have a life. And all they do is work and sleep, work and sleep, and there's no time to teach, and there's no time for fruit to be bearing. In Philippians 1 and verse 27, listen to this. Paul said, "Only let, in verse 28, only let your conduct be worthy of, of the, the gospel, gospel of Christ. So whether that I come to see you or I'm absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, Striving together for the faith of the gospel. That's the word, right? That's mm-hmm. what the faith is the system. You got me? Mm-hmm. It's not for our faith in the gospel. It's for the faith. It's the one. It's the system, right? You know, Jude 1, uh, th- yeah. I mean, Jude 3, you know, yeah. earnestly contend for the faith. The faith. What was that, your gun? <laughs> no, not have been a lot louder than that. <laughs> earnestly, you know, so, but what I really like is the way he says it in verse 28, because he says, and not... In any way, any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition. If you live your life, if you live your life scared, if you live your life and the things of it are choking you out, the only thing that you've proved to them that heaven is not real. Mm. Because what that has done is it's validated that you do not, I do not have to do Whatever it is you're telling me I need to do, whatever, however it is that I need to live, you're validating it by the way that you're living. When you live your life in fear, when you live your life choked away by the things that are after you, you just prove that hell is real. Perdition. But to you, but to you of salvation and that from God. So when you think about the way the world chokes on us, through the weeds, oh yeah, and through all these things, when when it's like Peter stepping off the boat, ain't it? Yeah, you remember Peter? You know Jesus is, comes at him walking on the water. Yeah, Lord, if that's you, command yeah. me to come to you. Yeah, I wonder. You ever wonder why he even asked him that for? Like, why why did he think that he needed the Lord to tell him? You know, I, I've I've wondered that. Like, what was it about it? If he really thought that he could walk on the water, then why didn't he just get out and start going across it? I think I don't know. I think that Peter's. Peter knew by this point that if Jesus if Jesus said it, it could happen. You Maybe know? so. I, I, I don't know. But. but we know that Peter 
when does Peter start? You know, he steps out on the boat. He's walking on the water, right? Yeah. When when he starts when he starts looking around him at the waves and the wind, takes his eyes off Jesus. Takes his eyes off of Jesus. That's right. He begins to sink. He begins to sink. He's choking, right? That's what's happening. He's choking, and that's what happens here. Is when when we spring up and all the stuff of life. It's not day one. That's when it's hard to be a Christian, is it? No. It's day one plus, right? Yeah. yeah. It's the day 101. It's the day 1001. It, it definitely is. And, you know, I, that's a uh, that's one question that I ask people is, you know, when they're saying, hey, I'm I'm ready to go all in with Jesus. I'm ready to to, to be baptized into Christ. And the one question that I that I generally ask is I say, hey, can you be the same person in the wilderness as you are in the water? You be the same person in the world as you are in the water, and because Satan's certainly gonna, he's gonna test us, and and there's gonna be, there's gonna be big problems. I think about, um, I think about this verse, and this is one that uh, preached on Sunday in Hebrews thirteen, in verse five, he said, "Let your conduct be without covetousness, be be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you." Well, that's this week's memory verse for all of us, and and that's a and so this this verse when we think about being content, and there Jesus he just plainly says the cares of the world they're going to get some of us. Yep, and they will, and and it's not that it's that you that you're not going to believe in Jesus anymore. What's going to happen is is the cares of this world are going to choke you out to where you're not productive for the Lord. And that's what each of us have to ask ourselves: is, is okay? Do you believe? Yeah. All right. Are you are you being productive? And and are so, you being doers of the word? And and so the how often then should we be weeding? Right. All the time, constantly. How often you got to weed your garden? Right. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. like like how often do you weed? And the uh, like we went over. Liam and I went over and helped one of our members plant their garden. And I remember Liam saying. I just can't wait till our garden spots like this. And I said, what do you mean? He said, man, the soil is so nice and fluffy and it's loose. And, you know, I can pick all the grass out real easy and everything like that. I said, you know how it got that way? He said, a whole lot of it. I said, that's right. Right. It's going to take a whole lot of it for us to get that way. And so. Yeah. And and have you ever planted, um, you know, you talked about we can't wait till the little seedlings come up. But have you ever planted and then you have to know what that plant looks like? Because there's so many weeds that are growing up at the oh, right. exact same time, right? Mm-hmm. And literally, especially like new garden spots or whatever, mm-hmm. or you, there's been like a whole lot of rain, and mm-hmm. and certainly, I mean, I have literally seen like just waiting on the okra to come up, or waiting on them beans to sprout, or whatever it might be, and and then there's all these little weeds that are growing up right there with it, mm-hmm. and it's and you just know I'm gonna have to get in there and pick them out. Mm-hmm. If not, it's just gonna take over, and it's certainly gonna now. Will that bean survive? Yes. Will it be as productive as it needs to be? Yeah, no. I mean, at the end of the day, do you want to have nine beans just snapping? You, you know what I'm right, saying? Like, right. like, you want to spend all summer long fiddling with this, all the sweat and everything like that, to go bunk, bunk in your pot nine times? No. No. You don't want to do that. That's and, right. And that's what the Lord is talking about. That's why he rolls into the last one. And I, I don't and I don't know how you feel about this, but I don't think this is no percentage. You know, like the Lord is calling percentages on the world, right? Okay. That That this is... Only twenty five percent of the world are going to be fruitful, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I just think he's using this as an analogy of four types of people, yeah, in the world, yeah. You know, and certainly there have been times where 
you know, where you, you think about it, it's like, well, maybe at best only 25%. But certainly Jesus, he didn't say, oh, he didn't give us three great qualities. Mm-hmm. He gives us one good one. Right. And if it were, and if it, it, the reason why you can know that it's not 25%, because you think about it, if 25%, has a hundred fold, thirty fold, sixty fold. Yeah, you, you're far beyond twenty five percent. Long after that. Oh yeah. And so, we know that the big challenge is always, you know, just the fields are white in the harvest. Pray therefore that the Lord send out laborers. That's you right. know, the fields are white. We need la- we need people that can go out and do it. And so, most people generally decide that no, nah, I'm good soil. Oh yeah. You I'm, ever ask them? I'm part of the good one. I ask them sometimes, like, which soil do you think you are? They say, I'm, I think I'm the good one. Mm-hmm. You know what gets to determine that? Not you. You're not the one that gets to determine that. But what you bear. Yeah, the fruit. The fruit. That's why he uses that. He says, but others fell on good ground, yielded a crop. Some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. You didn't mind reading that one. Right, because it's a good one, Bob. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. And, and, it, and it does. It bears good fruit. What's verse 23 say? But he received the seed on the good ground as he who hears the word, understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So is the hundredfold guy better than the thirtyfold guy? Nope. How, why do you think that? Well, I, I just think that it's going to be um, – I don't think he's any better. It's just it, he's producing as well. And so there may be um, – there may be other factors that that kept him from bearing as much fruit, but certainly he's in that he's in that good ground. You know, I, I think about this when I think of and, and maybe somebody smarter than us can chime in. You know, you may get three cuts of hay in a year, mm-hmm. but how many times are you gonna pick beans? Yeah. Mm, well, it depends on what kind of beans. But but you're not going to go out there and raise... If it's, po- if it's pole beans, and you're going to get one picking. That's what I'm saying. You're not going to go yeah. out there and raise pole beans. That's and, why I and, raise bush beans. <laughs> I'm serious. And, I raise bush beans and get several picks out of it. But you raise it, but you'll get them in June, and then you're not going to go back out there around Thanksgiving and say, let me just go on and get oh, some no, more Oh, no, not like that. No, oh, but, but several weeks in a row, though, you can keep picking. But picking, that's picking. that's the fold. Yeah, that's right. right. That's the yielding fold of it, mm-hmm. right? And and some crops yield differently than others do. And that's, that's really, right. I think, what he's trying to – like my blueberry bushes. Like, I don't know how many blueberry Jessica has picked and carried to people. In our, I mean, there's probably been 25 gallons of blueberries picked out of our yard this year. Well, I mean, like I, – and I still – I was cutting grass and they rode by and eat some off the bush. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're still there, right? Yes. But once they're done, they're done. Mm-hmm. But that's all they're designed to do. They're designed to do it one time. Well, well, that may be different for different people. Yeah. I think this goes back to tie into what we were talking about last week with the parable of the talents. The ta- parable, the parable of the talents, is is how you multiply what God has given you. What God has given you, not your talents, but God's given you salvation. And everybody's circumstances are going to be different, but He expects a yield from it. He does. He expects a yield from it, and some things may produce a hundred. Some thirty and some, I, I had a boy that that uh, one year back home he made more selling straw off of the wheat than he did on the wheat. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I certainly know. Um, there's a awesome group of people that I got to work with. One year we put up so much straw, like they were they were combining it, but and they use a, a case uh, harvester. You mean combining it? 
They were, con- yeah, they were, con- they were picking the the wheat. Mm-hmm. Okay, but okay. But, but the the Case International um, Combine was the harvester, however what do you want to call it. It would it would put out these bales, or I'm sorry, they would have to bale it so tight that it was heavy. It weighed as much as alfalfa bale. Mm-hmm. But anyways, is we like put four thousand pounds. Yeah, heavy, <laughs> and uh, literally. Me and there's like four or five others of us. We put up twenty eight thousand bales that summer. <laughs> the next year we put up thirty two thousand bales. The next year they fired us all and they bought and they, a round baler. <laughs> no, they they bought a huge square baler and they started putting them in with with forklifts. And um, but literally they sold so much straw and and they're still selling to this day. Mm-hmm. But then they were growing corn and um. They would have us go through and handpick corn out of the field because then they would use a, a sugar cane cutter and cut the stalks off, and they were bailing up the, the stalks to sell around uh, or in the fall for people to put up their decorations with. They made more money off of those stalks Are you than they did me? the corn itself. But, of course, they took the corn, right? and then they would still produce it. Right. and uh, But they made so much money off of it, they wanted to. But you know what they had to do? They had to figure that out, didn't they? Did. they? That's right. You had to think about it. Like when I was a boy, we stood it up in shucks, and then we eventually we burned it. Yeah. We'd burn it in the field, you know, because it'd be all shucked up together. Just a big, when I was a boy, it looked as big around as a circus right. tent, but it's right. probably won't this big now mm-hmm. looking back. But, you know, they just burn it out there in the middle of the field, then spread the ashes, you know, just till them back into the That's soil right. next Get year. Get that lime back into that soil. Mm hmm. And, uh, but, you know, so that to me, that's a, that's a guy who, who uh, you know, the Dixons who were their names, and so Steve and, and and King Dixon they figured this out. I'm gonna make this much money, and so they they produce more off of the same crop, off of the same field, and so mm-hmm. and, and so that's why I think that you know it's not that he's any better than than any other farmer there, but it's just the fact that he was able to produce, mm-hmm. a, you know, produce more, and so that goes back to that to that parable of talents, and so. Certainly, God, He wants us to be the people who who hear it and we receive it. And what happens is, is the the person who who becomes the verse twenty threes and the verse eights of of this passage, they really they're the verse threes of it. That's behold, right. Behold, a sower went out to sow. That, that's exactly right. They're the ones that have now turned the hayride into something fun. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've, I've to, I don't know if I told you the story, but we used to go to these um, Mennonites down the road from our house, and they'd have the pumpkin patch every year. And I remember Jessica like, everybody's in this big old long line. Let's go get in this line over here. So I was like, what's that line about? You know, they're going to do something. And Jessica, let's take a hayride over here. And I remember telling her, there is what? no way, there is no way I will pay <laughs> To ride on that thing. Why? I will not pay to do something I hated to do when it was 95 degrees and the mosquitoes are crawling. I will not do that. Yeah. Y- y'all can pay. You can use my money to go pay for it, but I am not doing that. And But that's what we're talking about is turning this situation, right? Being the people that go from the sown to the sowers. So these guys have figured out a way to take work, <laughs> you know, something that's work. Yeah. We call it a hayride and we gus it up and we make it just seem so appealing that we just want to have some of it then. So they went from sown to sower. So, and, and you know, so I think that this uh, this is something for us in the church that we always we're always so proud of our kids because they go to church. We're always so proud of our kids that when they go off to college, that oh, well, you know, they they they're they're there with the church at whatever. You know, they go every Sunday. But I think that we've got to change the standard of that. That that 
certainly we want our kids to be followers of Jesus, but not just not just followers only. But but I think we got to redefine what a follower is. Not churchers of Jesus. Not churchers of Jesus. <laughs> not not pew sitters or whatever. But but the fact that Jesus didn't want us to just make disciples. He wants us to make disciple makers. Amen. And that's the and that's the the, the key to to this that that you know that we, we only have one life. And thirty fold, sixty fold, hundred fold, the Lord just again He expects multiplication. The same thing with the parable of the talents that He's given us salvation. So now, what am I going to do with it? Amen. And we need to continue to keep sowing. So, great lesson, great job, Bob. Let's make an executive decision. Since we got camp next week, guys, are we just not going to be able to do the podcast? We got no internet down there. How do you want to do that? What? Yeah, I mean, I, we tried it last year, and it just went to yeah, pieces. Yeah, no, it's fine. So, guys, we'll be off a week, and then we'll catch you guys again in two weeks from now, and we look forward to seeing you. This is the Unscripted Podcast. <laughs>